0: What is up everybody and welcome to the Real Talks podcast. My name is Mike Singletary. And I am Frank Chan and we are going to be your hosts. And what we're going to do is break down what it takes to live life on your terms through entrepreneurship, specifically real estate investing.
1: So we're going to hit it hard, the good, the bad, and the real, because that climb, as any entrepreneur knows, is never smooth. So let's get real.
0: First of all guys, welcome to the show. Uh, to another awesome episode of Real I feel like every episode's awesome because I feel like we're diving into things that everybody's related to and you know, we're just trying to, you know, bring things to you guys that matter. And today's topic I feel like it's no different. I was texting back and forth with Mike. I was like, man, what are we gonna talk about today? <laughs> Right. That
1: is our that
0: is (laughs) that is our prep, (laughs) Uh, but the real thing is, you know, I think it's really applicable. The things are just going on in our everyday lives, our business. We're we're entrepreneurs. We're running, you know, we're running businesses. We're running teams. We're dealing with clients and customers. And you know, if it was an easy breeze, everybody would be doing this. So uh, what we're gonna be diving into today is really kind of the the. Changes in the market that you're in doesn't matter if you're an investor doesn't matter if you're your uh, your own software or you're in the education space or whatever that's going into your life your personal life but the idea of identifying these things quickly and then being able to pivot out of it or at least adjust to the changes that are happening in your life rather than waiting for things to get better uh, I think that's where I feel lots of entrepreneurs get stuck. Or find themselves a couple months later, like, dude, what the hell happened? The writing has always been on the wall. I don't feel like there's any situation in our lives where we happen to be surprised by the negative outcomes. It's typically us either ignoring it or just waiting and waiting. So, our 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 topic today is going to kind of a bring you guys into our world. Uh, I've been dealing with some pivots in my life these past couple of days that I hope can help you guys out, or at least just relate. You know, if you're going through something similar, and I know. Mike's going through that as well. And, you know, that's what our topic is. It's kind of identifying the changes in our lives, in our business, and how to quickly identify and quickly make adjustments so we're not waiting for things to happen to us. What do you think, Mike?
1: Uh, dude, I mean, that's absolutely something that um, I've had a problem with in the past. I mean, you know, you you had that, that saying, like, quick, uh, hold on, slow to hire, quick to fire, right? Yeah, yeah. And one of my problems is that, I have zero issues letting somebody go that has, you know, done something wrong. Right. But I have a big time issue if I like that person and maybe they're underproducing, but I see them like trying and then I hold on to them way longer than I should. Right. Sure. Uh, And some of the things I had to put into place and I'm going through this right now is that one, do I have them in the right seat? Mm. Yeah, that's a big one. Do I have this person? Because sometimes I, I, I don't, man. I mean, I, even if I just take the personality profile and all this other stuff, you know, the handwriting's a walled, they're not executing on that one. So I, I the first thing I was like, do I have them in the right seat? Uh, did I train them appropriately to execute? Uh, because maybe I, I might have the right person, but I didn't give them enough training, right? And then whenever I uh, kind of go through that, you know, those checks of all the things I could control. Uh, then you gotta make that hard decision of, Hey, I gotta, I gotta let you go and, and move in a different direction. And, and that's a tough one, man. That's a tough one when you're dealing with people's lives and stuff like that.
0: And I'd love to know people's like opinion on this. And it's almost feels like you're playing musical chairs when it comes to people on your team, you know, is that a good format or is it just better just to let them go and find just better, smarter, more motivated talent, right? Cause I've, have done that before, brought in one of you know, this in the last two years, brought in a, a person thought they were gonna be good for this role trained them up, quickly realized, holy crap, wasted my time, but I like the person. Let's see where else they can fit in my... Maybe they're good in customer support since they're not really, you know, that good at business developing. Yeah. Right? Or, you know... It's or, a
1: terrible yeah. way of running shit, dude. I mean, Musical chairs? Okay, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's really... Let's, let's uh, just call it know. what it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. And, and the right. thing is, and we do it, it's a terrible way of doing things, you know what I mean? But at the same time, You know, we're human beings and we make mistakes and and we got to going back to identifying stuff quicker. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, let's just not not only identifying like, you know, the people that work for us, but identifying things that in your business that does and does not work, man. You know, I mean, especially in the real estate market right now and different marketing channels and stuff like that. Like we ran a national PPC campaign and we were spending, you know, a a little bit of uh, money in it, but it was not working. I mean, we were getting a butt ton of leads, but we were like, you know, spending a lot of time Then so you always kind of like have to hold on, but you know, you have to kind of become be very realistic. On something, you have to give it enough time to see if it works, and then you've got to pivot as soon as you know that, man, this is not working. You know, and so we had to cut that off and and get more granular. Not do national because it was cheaper leads, and you know we felt the conversion would still work out in our favor, but have be a little bit more of a granular, maybe just Texas or something like that. And it's
0: interesting, I, you know, I've been in word of mouth business for, for years, and I always talk to my investor friends. Some are flipping land, some are buying properties, most are doing direct mail, some are using some version of SMS. And it's crazy how much money they spend on, you know, and I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this is just a, a marketing channel that has already proven after 30 days, okay, that it's a negative ROI. You know what? Let me dump another 10K into this. Using the exact same methodology, maybe changing things here and there, and then the next month, a negative ROI. It's like, no, no, it's about to change for me. It's about to change for me. And another month of this, it's like, are you able to make quicker adjustments trying something completely different? or is that just how the name is that or is that just the name of the game when it comes to things like direct mail
1: well i mean because most of most marketing campaigns don't work because they don't stick with it long enough right so like most marketing campaigns you want a ramp time of at least three months and really it should be six months so most people make a mistake of going month by month hey i didn't get anything this month i got we have clients right now that we do all their skip tracing all their data uh, and even uh, educate their co callers and lead managers and stuff like that. And they're living and dying by the week. Like we didn't get anything this week. And I'm like, dude, that's not how this works, man. You got to be able to play the long game. And uh, but like, what is that number? The I think the real problem comes into is that. Did you check all the boxes and is it just the lead source, right? Because mm. sometimes it's not the marketing campaign. Sometimes it's a sales problem.
0: There, Boom. I was right? about to say that right on, brother. Yes, yeah, sir. Yeah, man. Yes, sir. And and,
1: and, it's, and you have to be able to identify it because most investors, especially people with smaller operations, always want to point the finger out. Like, oh, this campaign doesn't work. Well, did mm. you answer the call, how many times did you follow up with them? You know what I mean? I mean, you got to like figure that whole picture out first before you just hop from one thing to the next.
0: That is such a cool point you just made. I just had a client call um, working with a new uh, client in the TV space, right? Yeah. You might know him, Tony Javier. Really, yeah. really cool product Great, um, and a completely different channel of marketing that most are kind of think you know, have a lot of misconceptions around. Which this is what's really exciting to work with him. And he just said the exact same thing, Where it's, I know our model works. I know we bring in really high quality leads on a much wider scale. And In most cases, about 90% of the time, the clients that work with are saying that TV doesn't work. There's usually something wrong with your uh, sales process, right? Yeah. So, if you're out there struggling, you're thinking, Oh, you know, direct mail doesn't work for me, or SMS doesn't. Well, there's plenty of investors out there where it does work. Look at your sales process, that's a pivot you can make. Stop thinking about the marketing, thinking about
1: your internal processes, okay? So I'm glad you touched on that. You know, maybe, well, I mean, 100%, brother, because, I mean, here's the thing. Every, I would say 90% of investors, and this, I think I'm being very conservative when I say 90%, are only focusing on the incoming lead, the low-hanging fruit. And I got to tell you, man, we are in a follow-up game. I know you've heard this a million times, but it, it, 30% of your buys, at least 30%, are not from your follow-ups. You're doing it wrong. Mm. I mean, you're just doing it wrong. Right. You just got to, and you got to follow, and there's a cadence of follow up. So at the beginning, the first week, if you don't feel like you're stalking them, there's a problem. And then people always like, I don't want to bother them. You know, mm. I mean, hell, we have a cadence where well, we're calling them three times the first day, three times the next day, texting them, and then it tapers off. You know what I'm saying? But you got to be super aggressive that first week. And then after that, I don't believe in automatic drip, auto drip campaigns, man. I believe that you need to have somebody on the phone trying to reach out to them at least once a month, once a quarter, you know, if it's houses, whatever that timeline looks like, uh, maybe once a month at the very least, or not at the very least, uh, once a month, but on land, it's about once a quarter, right? Because they don't change their mind that quickly. So I don't know, man, you just have to like have a hyper focus on following up and it sucks. That's why people don't like doing it.
0: You know, pivot, I think, is, you know, our theme today is pivoting. And I think there's a lot, there's a direct association with ch- that being tied to change. And I realize with most entrepreneurs, especially when they've been really comfortable with a certain process for years or even months that have been working well, bringing in the leads, bringing in the revenue, and all of a sudden, something changes in the market. And it requires them to, for instance, have to get more intentional with their outreach. So now it's less automation. More one-on-one, you got to physically reach out to people. Well, that's not scalable. Well, your other method didn't work. And maybe putting more high-touch process in place would work just for this season. Yeah. But in order to have to pivot to there, I just feel like even in my space right now, you know, we're dealing with you know automated webinars. And you know, I always joke around when I first got into this industry, we're doing teleseminars. It still blows me away to this day that people used to buy things just list- sitting on a phone for 60 to 90 minutes, just listening to someone talk. And it gives you some type of phone number to call in to buy a product. That's how people it is sold.
1: And they just want to have hope.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. and then we shifted into GoToWebinar. A lot of people yeah. use that for like e commerce or uh, enterprise like meetings now for Fortune 500. Like that's what it's used for. We used to use that as a selling tool. And then we shifted to automated webinars. And just in the last probably, i mean, it's say like four to five years of this, using automated webinars, we're noticing a big dip in registrations and attendance. People not showing up, people becoming less interested because everybody's in the automation route. And what it's showing us, what the market is showing us now and where we have to pivot is that people are needing a connection. They don't want to just be another number in your in your webinar funnel. They want to know, is this live? You just If you just read through our comments now, it's like, hey, just want to know, is this live? Is there someone there? kind of breaks my heart. I'm thinking because I'm just trying to automate the sale when people are looking for help. And if that's why you're in this business, you got to start, you know, Again getting uncomfortable and getting in front of your community again. That's a big pivot that we're seeing now in the education space is people are looking for connection. people are looking to to latch their trust into a physical person, not an automated process. And of course, with AI, it's only disconnecting us even more and more. Yes, it's a great tool. Love AI, right? But I think it's really training people down this wrong path and we're definitely seeing that right now um, on the webinar side of
1: things. So I agree with you, man. So ultimately, I think that applies to almost everything in life, on personal and business. I mean, everybody just wants a connection, right? Um, I mean, it's so hard for me sometimes to separate business and personal because it all kind of jumbles in together to me for me right and 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 i i never really like believe in hey man that's business you know it's not personal it's business i think dude everything's personal you know everything to me (laughs) is fucking personal so is i think that everybody yearns for a connection i think that you have to play the long game on things uh, I think that's just a a, a a hard rule, right? I think the biggest problem that people have is that we need that. We want that instant gratification. It's got to work really quickly. But if you just like stack skills over a long period of time or stack what you're doing over a long period of time, you're going to get the outcome that you want. It's just going to take time and effort, you know?
0: I always try to like lude back to just industries that everyone can relate to right i think about 20 years ago i'm not even that old what turn 39 this year and just Are looking
1: back in there man, man. Older,
0: i know, shit. I, know, I, know, I, know shit, I was about to say the same thing man time <laughs> has not been good to me uh thank god my wife is hot so that that works out <laughs> god. thank, she god. thank god she keeps me looking young but uh or maybe older i don't know but yeah, uh what's interesting just like looking back 20 years you, you look at the airline industries you look and this is, can be completely relatable to our, our small businesses but like the airline industries customer support the whole days of a the customer is always right these industries have now focus so much on revenue that they've pivoted out of the customer relationship, right? Even restaurants and hotels and things like that. It's almost like they're trying to do everything they can to keep your money where before it's like they want to do everything to make sure you were happy. They would give you money. They would give you free, what do they call them in certain departments at AT AT&T where you're trying to quit I'm going to Verizon. Oh, how about I gave you six months at a discount? You know what, yeah. what, what,
1: what department is that? Yeah, what it's called. But I don't know what you're talking about. Right? Those used to be
0: like the standard, the status quo. But now, like, how hard is it even just to get a hold of an operator to some, just to talk to someone at these big companies, yeah. right?
1: especially somebody stateside or somebody that knows what the, uh, that is a decision maker?
0: I got to tell you now, if you if you run a business where it it press one for this, press two, and it, it's it's almost impossible to get a hold of a physical person. Fuck you. I got to just right now.
1: Fuck yeah, you. are going to be in trouble, you. man. not everybody, brother. Right. You know what I mean?
0: Because we've all been there cursing at our phones, being that guy. It's like, I just want to talk to somebody. Yet we've set up systems in our own business treating our customers this way. Yeah. And I yeah. think there's a, there's a lesson to be learned here. I think with airlines specifically or even Uber or whatever the company is, the first ones that could put the customer first again is going to really just set the president for the next 10 years. Right. We really yeah, need to I be shifting agree. more into that experience, especially when it comes to education brands. You know, we're selling tons and tons of products and we have low success rates. You know, I was talking to another person who's in the client success, and that's her whole entire business. So many people are focusing on marketing, driving revenue, and there's so much opportunities just sitting right in front of you. If you're able to pivot your attention there, you can actually drive a significant more amount of revenue without actually having to spend extra money. Yeah, that's what's crazy, right? Like, how do we how do we just keep Funneling people in the front, funneling people in the front, and whether they are successful or not, I don't give a shit. That's I feel like that's just such a terrible like you're you're constantly chasing the white rabbit at that point, right? Uh what do you tell
1: I, your customers to do, man? Like, what what are you putting into place to your customers right now when you see that problem? You're like, listen, man, you don't have a lead problem. You know what I mean? You're, you have a
0: support, you have yeah. a customer success problem. Right. I well, I speak their language. Well, what if I could show you? how to recapture revenue that you've already paid for and potentially make the same if not more as if you were funneling more money on the front end of your business
1: right because cold ads are they're they're hard man it's yeah. tough
0: you know what I mean? And, if you, and that's why we talk about follow-up and really the the nuance you know the the underlying message of follow-up is to care more right yeah. and you're not in the we, we, there's a word in our space called indoctrination What what is that? Well, it's the time you're spending building a relationship with someone who has come through your door, not just cramming product down them and putting a buy link every time you send them an email. It's here's a little bit about us. We'd love a little bit know about you. Let's build that know, like, and trust factor. I think we've gotten to a place, and again, it's like you know, investors or in in you know, big companies, it's like they only care about their investors, not the people that they're actually serving, putting money into their investors' pockets. I think.
1: We got to flip things around a little bit, right? No, no, I agree with you. I agree with you 100%. I mean, we that's a big sticking point with us. We get a lot of clients from other competitors. Like, man, you know, our customers, I get really upset when they're not on the phone with them within a matter of minutes, right? I mean, or even less than that. Uh, so that's... Um, Customer success has always been a big part of our product, not just all just not just for force, but even whenever I when I opened my hair salon, it was like that. We had a five by five rule. That means that within a five foot radius of you, if a customer was in that radius, you had to say something. That's awesome. Right? You yeah. had to say something You're like, hey, how are you? Is there anything I could help you with? I mean, you know, mean something where you had to acknowledge that they were there. And I think that businesses that incorporate just to your point, that personal touch, is going to thrive, but let's go back to our original, what we really, you know, are talking about is like how to identify, uh, what's working, what's not faster. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, like for us, I mean, you have to have, you know, to have like lag lead and lag indicators. Are you familiar with those? Oh, I'm a,
0: I'm a heavy metrics and KPI run business. So I'm all about the numbers. Yeah. And mm-hmm.
1: Okay. So how do you determine if something is not working and how do you pivot and how do you expedite that process?
0: Well, I have a very unique business, right? If I was spending money on ads and thankfully I've been very blessed not to have to worry about like spending a dollar, making a dollar. For me, it's mainly about time and results, right? And for me, I just a naturally impatient person. I don't know if that's the natural part of being an entrepreneur, Yeah. but it's about, you know, I work on a 30 day, a 30 day period in a week to week period, right? Um, I'm very big on quarters and accomplishing specific set goals, and I never try to set goals. And I understand stretch goals, but I'm talking about very, very tangible goals that if you are dedicated and are intentional with your efforts, you should be able to hit. Right. So it, there's automatic. There's definitely benchmarks that you can pre-establish when setting these goals. And of course, if you're not hitting those benchmarks week to week in order to get to the monthly goal, those are your leading and lagging in- leading and lagging indicators. Right. So. For myself, it comes down completely to if we're trying to get uh, affiliate customers for our clients, is how many have we done this week? How many have we done? uh, How many are currently scheduled in the next sixty to ninety days? If we are thirty days have gone by and we're still working week to week, that is a lagging indicator. So how do we get ahead of that, right? Right. If I continue to be like, oh no, it'll it'll figure itself out. I'll get people naturally call me and they're going to want to work with me. Well, thirty days go by, no one's called me. Guess what? Now I'm really behind. Now, my clients are waiting, like, well, Frank, where is that client? Where is that affiliate opportunity? Now I'm climbing out a hole versus right. getting ahead of it. So, the, for, in my business, that's kind of how I identify if I'm leading or if I'm lagging in my business. How about you, man? Tell me a little bit about yours.
1: You know, I mean, the lagging indicator is always revenue. Right. I mean, because uh, if you guys don't know what leading lagging indicators, uh, lagging is like you're looking in a rear view mirror at things, things that already happen. Leading is like you're looking through the windshield and things that are about to happen. Right. So these are KPIs that that's how you measure it. So for a lagging indicator, it's about revenue. Right. For, OK, that month. OK, maybe we had a bad month, but a quarter it, it that that should tell you something. Right. And then a leading indicator would be your marketing channels and your KPIs, like, you know, even as granular as, you know, um, uh, conversations. How many conversations have you had? You know what I mean? Did you pick up the phone? (laughs) I mean, these like silly things that, you know, you think that's automatic, but you if you test and track over time, they're pretty on point, man. The people that's making the most phone calls, the people that are talking to people the most, the people that are spending the most times in a conversation are the people that are going to convert more. Right. Um, so on the business side, is that um, on a personal side, I even have it, dude. Truthfully, brother. I mean, I have a uh, every morning I have a gratitude. Um, oh, God. Kind of like uh, group. You know what I mean? A like several oh, okay. group. So we send like three gratitudes to each other, you know, three things that we're happy about to each other. Keeps us connected, puts us in the right frame. But what I also have there is like 10 metrics that day, and I rate every single one of them that if I did it, if I did like 10 out of 10, which is hardly ever the case, uh, you know, that's a hell of a day. I crushed it, right? And then and I'll just rate it. And I could always go back and see my rating for the week or whatever the case is and see if, man, you know, am I performing? Why am I performing? You know what I mean? What am I doing to be optimal and stuff like that? And that just really helps me identify like bad habits and hopefully change it. You know what I mean quickly.
0: I love influencers like this Viking guy that I follow he's like this jacked dude who does like these mace bells and you know I find he's just freaking motivating and I I love his energy and that's one of the things he says like in all his videos like today what are you gonna do these next 24 hours these these are the only 24 hours you're gonna have today you're never gonna get these 24 hours back again right and he always talks about his his routine in the morning and that's one of the things he does is like what are the three things you're gonna accomplish today so for those out there, I, you know, I'm going to borrow that. I've heard it all the time. Journaling, writing things down, and you're all good habits. And I wish I just did all the good habits. Then
1: Dude, my be the best days person, right? is when I do them, bro, especially, yeah. I mean, especially the, you know, I put the time in to, to you know, hey, I, did I meditate? Did I read? Did I journal a little bit? Did I write down my goals? Did I do one like, okay, mine is like, you know, uh, say your mission statement for today. Did you do one thing to get closer to the mission statement? Just one thing, not three. Not five. I don't need to do all that shit. Right. I mean, because if I the longer my to-do list, the less I do. If I just go, I just gotta do one thing that drives me forward over a long period of time, I'm moving forward way quicker than I thought I would.
0: I think I was watching an interview with Jeffy Jesse Eitzler. Eitler? Eitzler. Yeah. Oh, uh, dude, I love that one. Great. I think he was yeah. mentioning something along like the lines. Of, if you did, he had a friend who was telling him if you did one new thing or one uncomfortable thing per day you would have accomplished like look what you have accomplished after 365 days I,
1: i'm probably butchering I broke it down to three right he's like one year you have to do something that's way out of your comfort zone say this yeah. year we started a podcast that's our thing for this year every, right? ev-
0: every week we got to get on here and do
1: it well we started a podcast and then there's another thing where uh, I don't know. He had he broke it down to three. We'll try to leave the link on on below. But I thought that was really on point. And essentially, what it was was that you do something, you force yourself to do something different, and you test yourself every single month. And it doesn't have to be this outlandish, crazy whatever. It's just small incremental things. The next thing you do, you know, you look up, you're like, holy shit, I'm a different dude. Yeah. You know. I just started this. Check this out, man. This is awesome. This is about proximity. This guy that I've been wanting to be a part of uh, this kind of bike club because these dads are part of my community and it's an invite thing, right? And uh, so I, I got invited. So I'm like, cool, I'm going to go. Well, they meet early. They meet like at 5 a.m. downtown. <laughs> I'm going to go drive all the way downtown. I got to get up at 4 30, whatever, and go downtown and then ride a bike for 45 minutes. And then, you know, we hang out and talk and stuff like that. But yeah they're a great group of guys and and you know it starts my day off right and it's just proximity and it's something that i've been wanting to do and it helps me you know get closer to my goal and it sucks every single time that alarm comes uh, goes off and i battle it especially at two o'clock when i'm like oh my god i'm dying here you know what i mean yeah. but it's something that you know hey this is something that's going to make me a little bit better it's a sacrifice you know, bump it let's do it
0: i i think for me i'm i'm a very I attach a lot of the things that I do to emotion because that's what my motivating factor is. Usually when I reach a point of intolerance, I'm a very tolerable person. It even comes down to my laziness, right? And yeah. Is But when I get fed up with where I am, like my heaviest was 210 pounds. Never have been that fat in my life, right? And But that was my breaking point. So for those who are listening, you know, I think it, it doesn't necessarily have to be a thing you write down. it's a, it's a feeling too. oh, I'm tired of feeling this way or you know, I, I hate when I'm lazy or just simply cleaning something or doing anything that just makes you that that
1: that weird negative feeling inside. Do you do something when you know that something's not right. Is there something inadvertently that you do? So something is small, hey check this out.
0: I've been noticing I've been doing this more. Uh, wor- words are very powerful to me, yeah. right? So instead of saying maybe, I say, I will. So if I come, I like, Hey, maybe i should, no, 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 actually I will do this. So I just, okay. something as simple as he's saying, you know, leaving myself an out and closing that door.
1: Cause sometimes I don't know when I'm stuck, right? Like I can't, cause I, I you're, you're bombarded with busyness, right? So you sure. think you're moving forward or whatever the case is, even with these st- steps you put in there, sometimes you're not sure if you're really stuck or not. And, but you're, I think you're, you're, inner consciousness or whatever knows, right? That you're not on your path or, or something's wrong. And I could always tell, and my wife knows this now too, when I'm watching too much TV, like I don't watch a lot of TV, but if I'm sitting there staring at the TV for longer than I'm usually doing, then there's like, that is something going on in my life that I'm like, I'm stuck. and I got to figure it out. Is there something in your life that you're oh, like, Oh shit, when I do this. Some people might be drinking, right? I drink, oh, I've been drinking too much,
0: you know, or whatever. And you got me thinking about my like my life choices right now, brother. <laughs> but I gotta say the two and, and this is just being true. One is video games, yeah, and the other one is drinking. Just, dude, honestly, I, when I don't feel the pressure of my business, and that's not a good thing sometimes, where I get too lax, I'm not pushing myself. Video games, hundred percent. Oh, I have all this downtime. Right? I should be thinking and maybe thinking more about my wife, planning, you know, planning activities, date nights, something as simple as that, right? Not even business related yeah. or activities. That I could take my son to go to a you know a little book reading is that boring as hell for me probably but it's an experience that I can create with my son outside of spending an hour playing video games yeah right so that's a very interesting that's a very interesting observation man I, I'm noticing that and yes I drink
1: it came about dude I mean it didn't come about it's just like it's it's just paying attention or being self aware of yourself you know what i mean it's like and i'm not saying i'm a a somewhere person like crazy or something like that but i i know when something like because of that i know something's wrong and that's when i'm like holy shit i gotta start moving (laughs) i gotta get up i gotta start thinking you know what i mean like i right now brother it's really weird because i've never really been this way but i crave quiet I crave just quietness. You know what I mean? And like, even in the car, I don't even have my radio on. I don't want nothing or in my home in the morning. And I don't know if it's just because I'm getting older probably, but when I was younger, it was never like that. I want, you know what I mean? I thrived in chaos, you know, but now I can't fucking think. I can't really have like my soul or God or whatever you want to call, talk to me. I can't hear it. If I have all this stuff, chaos or going on, you know?
0: I think just coming with age, brother, because I, I feel like some of my best thinking is just leaving my, my life is very different than most, right? I'm in my home probably 90% of my life. You know, I have very dude, simple. I, I prefer it this way. This is why we're looking to buy like a big ass home with like a nice everything. So I could just walk from one room to one room and I love it. You know, I, I do. But what I've also noticed is that it really limits the way my mind thinks when you're comfortable and you, and, and you don't address the uncomfortable. That's like the you know the the, uh, the cold exposure and all that stuff yeah, yeah. has a really kind of inverse effect, to, a positive inverse effect to that initial feeling. Right? You come out, then you feel great. Same thing with my home. When I leave and I'm in my car, I don't turn on the radio. I don't listen to music. I'm not listening to pop. I think the best when I'm just driving, and it sometimes it's just zone out when I'm driving, but I'm able to think so clear. Yeah. I don't know if that's with age. Before I used to always need sound like stimulation something going on but as i got older dude i i i was just on a trip with my father and my brother and i told you that earlier uh, on our uh, today's calls like they would not Stop talking about gambling the whole time, but my, my, they're Asian, dude. My dad's a nerd, my brother's a nerd. They love talking about stats and school. You get at the end of the day, I was like, Guys, it's 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 freaking Vegas. We were not designed to win. I don't care how much what algorithms you think you're trying to crack here, but you're not going to beat Vegas, right? And Fuck. I'm non, going there in about two weeks. So. fucking stop, brother. It was just <laughs> Strategy, strategy. I just so in my on. mind. Yeah, I love yeah, my man. brother. But I was. I just like shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I was crazy. I just needed that quiet for just maybe thirty minutes to an hour, just to just decompress. I'm the right? same, bro. I, I, I'm the same. <laughs>
1: it, it's just. Um, I, I think that uh, things come to you in a whisper, right? I'm. I'm. I'm a spiritual guy. I believe in God. Uh, and I, and that my faith has gotten even stronger because I've, I've always had it, but now it's even, you know, even for me, it's next level, but my best, uh, I've always felt God's presence. I always, uh, felt like I missed his message or their, the message that I'm supposed to, you know, hear because of all the noise and your purpose comes to you in a whisper, right? And a lot of times you'll, man, you'll miss it. You know, if you're not quiet and intentional enough. And so, like, for example, for example, some people say this is a subconscious thing, but I do think it's a god thing. Um, when you go to sleep and I got a problem, I want a problem solved. I think about that problem. And how can I solve it? You know what I mean? Whenever. Yeah, okay. uh, can I, how can I solve it? And the next morning when my mind is the stillest, I have the solution more times than not you know what I mean? And uh, maybe it is just my mind or maybe it is something guiding me. E- either way, I-, I think it's kind of the same thing, but um, I feel like the quietness of it helps you identify what is wrong and then helps you get to that next step quicker.
0: That's such a powerful thing, man. And I, it, it, I'm the same vein as, as, as religion and yes, Christian through and through, uh, proud of it. And I got to say that A lot of the times when things are happening in my life where I feel that negativity or that discomfort there is that peace where I can one speak and pass it on to God it's like I know there's a there's a message here for me good or bad help me see what you need me to see right there's a bit of peace there there's a bit of peace there and you know that's one that's a pivot you can make versus kind of falling into that negativity having that relationship with God for me personally has allowed me to kind of push through that with optimism yeah. Okay, and I think there's a lot of power in that, especially when you feel stuck,
1: oh, right? Dude, so that's so powerful. Oh, I don't, yeah, I'm sorry, go ahead.
0: No, no yeah, it, it, that
1: I, please, thoughts, <laughs> we're cutting <laughs> each other off. No, that's so powerful. So, have you ever read the book, The Surrender Experiment? Oh, I haven't. No, I'm gonna write okay, it down. So though. That's kind of the thing, not a, it's not a Christian book, but I, I'm not, I, although I'm a Christian, I believe in one God. Right. So I don't believe in, you know, uh, they're separate things or anything like that. So he is more of a, a Buddhist and, and stuff like that. And, and this guy is, a, is an autobiography, essentially. And he built this amazing billion dollar tech software and he wasn't even in tech. Right. So what he did was that his whole uh, he he hit a point where he's like, what is that voice that's talking to me? And he's like, you know what? I am going to completely surrender to this voice and do what it tells me to do. And, then he get, and the whole book is essentially about this, right? It's fascinating. Just put it on when you go for a run or whatever the case is on your audiobook. What it identifies is that our vision for our life is nowhere near as grand as what our real purpose is supposed to be. I right. Like that. I like that. Brother. Right. And I so like that. things are put into our life all the time that we say no to that would have led us to something much greater. You know what I mean, but we say no because our scope is very, very small compared to our purpose and God's scope for us, right? So, um, for example, I just just you're in our relationship. We would have never met if it wasn't for a particular event that we decided to join, right? We would have never started this podcast if I didn't just give you a text and I didn't think you were going to say yes, you know. But I'm just like, if I've for some reason your name came into my mind one morning and I'm like, yeah, perfect. Frank, you know what I mean? And so it's just like these things leads to another thing that you would have never expected. But our problem is that we say no. I'm trying to become a better reader. So one, <laughs> what, what, what was the book again? The Surrender Experiment.
0: Surrender. It's audio,
1: yeah, yeah. So it just go audiobook, man. It's awesome.
0: And what's really cool is I associate that with the movie, The Yes Man with Jim Carrey.
1: You okay. know that movie? Yeah.
0: yeah. Where it was all about him just saying yes to everything. And it opened doors to new relationships, new experiences, and things that you would have never thought you would love or enjoy. Right. And I think, you know, business life, a lot of the limitations that we put on ourselves are limiting beliefs, taking that quiet time and just asking yourself why. Right. Why am I saying no to this? And if the only response that you can give it is it makes me uncomfortable, let's bring that right back to what we said before. Guys, Mike and I are dealing with uncomfortable shit every day. Yeah. But I think what's allowed me to take these leaps in my business and in my life specifically are what I have said yes to the uncomfortable. Mm. I really truly truly believe that. Right. You know, getting on my Peloton every day when I was trying to lose weight, and I also had a bet with my wife that always is quite motivating. Uh, but it allowed me to lose 20 pounds in the span of like 60 days, right? Never thought I would get on the Peloton. Never thought that I would be, be able to commit to that. You, you changed um, the diet too. I'm yeah. Sure. Oh, dude, I was eating. I was eating boiled chicken and broccoli and prefix meals holy crap brother like, like when I see people like the fitness guru, <laughs> yeah well the fitness gurus are out there and are just like oh yeah I love this stuff but bro you don't love this shit you just love looking jacked it. yeah, yeah you love looking jacked it. but um I like flavor in my food. I, there's two things I spend money on guys food and travel that's it there's no limitations to my budget when it comes to those two things so when you're telling me boiled chicken and broccoli Holy moly. You're, you're, you're crushing my soul. You're crushing it. But you did but the work. Is what you're saying. I did the work. You did the work. I did the work. And it's yeah. in with my business, right? There was one point in my life where I was really unhappy with where I was at, right? I was serving my clients, I was working a lot and I fired everybody. Yeah. I fired everybody to start over because I wanted to build something different. Do You don't think that was uncomfortable, Yeah. but That's it allowed me good. to really see what I wanted to create for myself and really invest in myself. Right. I, Massive uncertainty, massive uncertainty, right? So what
1: made you decide to pull that trigger to take that leap of firing everybody and starting over? Because that's that's very courageous, right? Back to what I said earlier, the
0: intolerance. I was so tired of feeling the way I was feeling, even though I was making money. And, and I hope that- you me.
1: weren't on your purpose. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, th- th- good, good summary.
0: I didn't feel like I was living in my passion or living in my purpose. Yeah. I feel like I was kind of going through the motions of the day to day and I'm a very, I'm a dreamer. I'm a dreamer. And I I, I know a lot of people listening to this are probably also dreamers. And the only thing, difference that people between dreamers and actual doers are the, is the action you take in between. And I feel like that kind of goes down to the pivot is I could have kept doing what I was doing. I was making money. I was supporting my family. I was doing everything fine, but I needed to get out of that stuck and I had to pivot into something completely uncomfortable. Uh, but it really taught me a lot. It was like that next stage. My wife is going through that right now. She did a great job. Great, great job. A few things about it just doesn't make her happy. And she even was like going through her, her, her therapy sessions and getting help on how do I, why am I feeling and thinking this way? Right? And through some certain exercises they helped her with, it got her to be motivated into applying for a new job. And then her limiting beliefs. She was so surprised when someone reached out to her, and then all these all these job opportunities started to show up. You know, blessed, you know, blessed be God. I think that he was also listening to us at that time. And then she realized, oh my gosh, I didn't know. And she got, she did an interview and got a job right away. She's like, I didn't know that I was you know disqualified or all these things. Th- that's where discomfort puts you is you don't know what you don't know. You assume, and that's I think one of the biggest. Downfalls for for just people in general, including myself, is the assumption. Do you if you if you find yourself assuming things in your life right now, ask yourself why. Ask yeah, yourself why. I,
1: mean, I just think it's just a you know it's it's about um, just doing what's easy. Like most people are just weeds in the wind, so they they sway at anywhere the wind blows them. Right, and the thing is, uh, more times than not what's your purpose and what's really good for you is the exact opposite of what you want. So there's, I think there's a saying like, uh, doing what you want might be the worst thing for you. Right. So what, what I mean by that is like, hell, I could sit there and watch football and eat freaking ice cream all day, but that is not what, I mean, that's what I want, but that's not really what's good for me. Right. And stuff like that. So you have to be really intentional, what you, what you really want your life to look at, look like. And then, I don't know, man. It's a hard one, man. You, we sit there, we're like, we're almost contradicting ourselves. We're like, you have to look like, you know, look, see what we really want and then put the steps in place to get there, which is absolutely true. And then we're also talking about, you know, our purpose in having these signals come to us and following that as well. And, I, and it's a hard time, a hard way to decipher which one is which or which is the right path sometimes. And I think that's where you get stuck.
0: Yeah, man. I think having aspirations is what we're talking about, right? I have high aspirations for myself. No, Never – and I was like looking through our past podcasts and things like that. He's like, Frank, do you, do you put yourself on a soapbox sometimes? And are you being hypocritical when you're, you're saying this is what you should be doing? And are you doing these things?
1: Oh, right. that's a good one, dude. Yeah. I always yeah, question
0: my own integrity when it comes to how I give advice and never do I want people listening to me think, well, Frank must be doing all these things because he's talking about it no i'm not and I, but i aspire to be this person i think it's important for us to want to aspire to be better and we always will fall short i think that's i think that's like the life purpose is to fail and pick yourself back up and become a stronger version of yourself i don't think there's a single person i know who has reached success with everything always going their way I I, I, think that's. I think failure is the building blocks to your success. I think failure is the building blocks to your own character, and those who fail to grow are the ones who fall
1: into these excuses. So I don't. I'm sorry, dude. I am a. Oh my god! What? I just all I did cut you off. It's okay. (laughs) <laughs> uh, we, we always talk about
0: like how did the radio shows it? Man, they just talk over each other. They just, they're, they're just the main person just turns the volume down to the person
1: cutting them off, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, we can go on this forever, and, yeah. and and but I think the problem is, let's talk about you know men, right? Us. Okay. We're normal dudes, right? And I think that what society and what we have to go through now is a lot different than what our fathers had to go through. So we're going through kind of like a new terrain. Like, you know, we have to be the husband. We have to be a great father. We have to be the provider, the leader, you know, emotional, you know, all this stuff that shit, my dad wasn't that. I, the mean, cook. Cook yeah, I mean with the cook now, yeah. That wasn't that right. It's to be the modern man, you know what yeah. I mean? And and we all fall short, like every fucking one of them. We all yeah. fall short. And the problem is, most of us cannot show weakness. You know, when somebody's going through something, they never tell you when they're in that problem. It's always like I went through it before, is because in that moment they can't express their weakness as a man. Like, I'm struggling, dude. You know, If you sit there and you go, hey, what's up, man? How you doing? Nobody's going to do it. I am really struggling right now. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I'm having a hard time right now. No, everybody's like, hey, it's good. It's good. Because we can't show that. We can't even show it to our wives sometimes, right? So I think that's also an unbelievably tough thing for the modern man to deal with. I think this is honestly one
0: of the reasons why you and I get along, and I feel like that's a universal quality I look for. And I admire men who can be vulnerable. And let me yeah. clarify vulnerability. Okay, we don't cry on each other's shoulders and say that my wife mistreats me and <laughs> things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, vulnerability comes from a place of showing your you know kinks in your armor and being okay with it. You know, oh man, I'm struggling with my business right now. Or man, you know what? Like, I feel like I could be a better husband and all these things because. I feel like where we are with social media, Facebook, I've already come to terms that all the crap on like Facebook, Instagram is just absolute bullshit. Absolute (laughs) bullshit. Right. (laughs) And almost to the point where I go into people's Instagrams and you know, I get retargeted with all these people and I go through, it's like, holy shit, your life must be awesome all the fucking time. Like, I don't even believe that anymore. What I search for, and this comes all the way circle back to the whole connection point is I just want people to be real. Like I relate to people when they show me their vulnerability. That allows me to enter their life in a much more, uh, I guess, real way.
1: Authentic. I think that's how
0: you're authentic. You're actually connecting with people at that point. Not, yeah, I just did, you know, my business just did 1.2 million last year. Gross. And uh, (laughs) I I have to throw that in there. We're in the real estate space. Gross. (laughs) I just bought a new house. Uh, Look at the car I drove here that I probably rented from, you know, you know, Enterprise. You know, like it just, it's crazy. The constant need, to try to prove stuff to people that honestly don't give a shit. I'll be honest yeah. with you that the praise that you're getting from strangers to me is worth exactly zero. I don't need I, praise from I the can. people that I literally will never see again, or I'm on the street and they're like, dude, cool car. It's like, I don't, I don't need any of that public validation. I feel like it's exhausting. It's exhausting. I feel like that's where a lot of people get stuck too. You're like, man, I'm tired of having to keep up with this social media game and having to
1: constantly show the best version of
0: myself. And I'm exhausted.
1: If you're exhausted, I think Stop. that, I mean, remember, look at our past episode with Chris Chico, bro. I mean, you go back on that one, you listen to that one, because he, he said it best. He's like, man, I identify when people talk about their problems, right? Like I, I've already expressed that, man. I was an addict. I, I still am. I mean, it's just a different version of it, right? Um, and, and I think that when you say stuff that is real, like I've had multiple times in my business where I didn't feel, I, I knew it was wrong. I was scared to make payroll. I was, you know what I mean? I mean, I was like in trouble cash wise, you know, balance sheet looks good. P&L. Oh my God. You know, and mm. so, uh, or bank things. Oh my God. Because you have to worry about that. And when you're going through this and striving to go to another level, there's always this, man, there's always shit. That's hard. It's like, nothing is easy. Nothing. You know what I mean? Anything's worth having. you you sit there, you're like, man, I wish, I wish that was a little bit easier. And you're like, Shh, no, no, it's going to be hard. <laughs> you know, it's going to be hard. It's supposed to be that way. And then I look at some of my friends that have a lot of money going, I wonder what their problem is. It's not that I, I never look at it and go, I, I, I wish I was more like that. Cause I know they don't have a problem. I just wonder what their problem is. Cause you know, they're going through something too.
0: I feel like we've talked about this in one of our, apps. I can't remember which one it was, but being a natural problem solver, you know, if you're comfortable and you hate it, you avoid it and things like that, you're really limiting yourself from a, a skill. And I think here, here's the difference. Here, here's my opinion on the difference. Everybody has problems. It just affects people differently and at different levels right if i know how to solve problems regardless if i have money or don't have money and i know how to compartmentalize my emotions my thoughts and do these things because i've been dealing with this kind of stuff my whole life then the kind of if you put two people with different lives dealing with the same problems they're going to experience different stress levels so i feel like even people with a lot of money yeah they have their problems but they probably handle stress not because they have the money this is because they've how to handle so much shit in their life up to that point, where it's kind of yeah. Money makes it. Money does make things easier. I got. I, I got to say what it is. Yeah, the skill sets just different, right? The skill sets different. They probably the have definitely figured out how to manage that stress just in a different way,
1: right? Yeah. But look uh, too, man. Okay. For example, can you go to an affiliate marketer, a beginning guy, right now, and go, yeah, no, that's not a big deal at all. Do X, Y, and Z, and then this problem solved. But, but when them, you're at that time, at that level. You were like, "Oh fuck, this is like, oh my god, how, how would I solve this problem?"
0: Yeah, this is a big right. big problem, right? Yeah. And that's a whole like bit of like and this really comes us I love coming full circle. I'm, that's probably my coin. Let's come full circle, but coaching, when you get stuck, I don't know what my finances, bring in a, a, a con, you know, contract a CFO or fractional CFO to come in and kind of just destroy that side and find the solution to it. I think the pivots we need to make, a lot of the time the answer is there. We're just too scared to pull the trigger. Whether that could be a financial, writing a 10K check, and you're like, I I just don't know, right? But if you're intentional about it, writing a 10K check is just a starting point. You will get what you put in, like everything else in your life. Oh, I'm scared to have to wake up at 5 a.m. But now that you do it, right, or you have accountability there, it gets you to go out and do it more. I, I think that's kind of where... I think the ultimate solution to pivoting or finding the reason to help motivate you is one: identifying your intolerance. Right? What, what's your tolerant level? Intolerance level for what you're dealing with? Really identify it, y'all. Stop living in it. I would say. I would say. I just hate yeah. when I see people stuck because I, I do yourself. believe there is always an answer. Being stuck, always. It made the, the path is either short or long. Yes, I get it, but there is a solution there. So i don't know maybe i'm just a overly optimistic person i'm definitely a glass half full kind of guy
1: no dude i I think that ultimately man if you uh you're always gonna get what you want if you put enough time and intention to it like it's just that's just you know a thing i mean it's just it's gonna happen if you look back in your life you're like uh, well, that seemed like it was fucking horrible at that time, but <laughs> then it really led to something greater, and and, you know, what yeah. I mean, all this other stuff. So, if you have attention and stuff like that, it's fine. So, let's kind of go in and circle back because we can sit here and talk for hours on this. I know they don't want to listen to us for hours, but uh, how do it's I identify A- it's, it's
0: ASMR, bro? It's ASMR voice. The people just listen to this when they sleep. <laughs>
1: <laughs> how do I identify, identify what's working, and how do you change it and move on quicker? Uh,
0: I'll just say this and I hope this is, this helps people out. You know, I always talk about my group that I'm part of a leadership boardroom and establishing a clear vision for myself and what I want and really just future casting what my next 5, 10, 20 years can can be like. Don't be an engineer in this sense. Don't find yourself saying, well, I can't do this because my kids and I can't do this because I have this weird, you know, huge debt over my head. It's, what is it that you want for yourself? What excites you when you think about your life? I want to be in shape. I want to live in a good home. I want to have a good job. I want to be able to provide Like all of these things. Write it down, Right? And then just find yourselves making decisions based on this checklist. If you find yourself making decisions that don't really honor that vision, then you're probably stuck and you're, it's going to continue to lead you to be unhappy. Okay. okay. Especially when it comes to your weight and things like that. I feel like that's a big one is weight and finances. Um, your relationship with your wife, kids, things like that is just like we talked about earlier. Like, okay, if your relationship with your kids aren't good and you find yourself any free moment you have playing video games like I do, well, the fix is go, go, Stop playing more. Stop playing video games. Start being intentional with your kid.
1: Yeah. Identify your lagging
0: indicators.
1: Leading and lagging indicators. That's it. Identify what's a lagging indicator in your professional and personal life. I think is a key, right? Yeah. Uh, Knowing when you're stuck and knowing that I got to make a change and it's not going to fix itself. And, you know, uh, that's the only way that anything really, really moves forward because, well, actually, it's going to move anyways, regardless of what decision you make or not, because a non-decision is a decision as well, right? So uh, understanding, to your point, where you want to go, understanding a lagging indicator that tells you you are not living your purpose, you're not doing the right thing, something is off, and then taking action and not really worrying too much if that is the right action or not, but just take action and move forward and it'll work itself out
0: absolutely um man i had a good time today brother this was such a fun episode to do you actually gave me a lot to think about myself just regarding me my too, own man. personal life leading lagging and figures man I, mean, I got some things to work on and i'm excited yeah. to do that and i definitely yeah. have things to work on well first of all we appreciate y'all staying with us listening through hopefully there was you know just let us know you know yeah we're imperfect man trying
1: to figure it out man it yeah, out every
0: it. day uh if you enjoyed today's episode, let us know in the comments, you know, definitely follow us on our podcast channels, YouTube, everywhere else we are right now, it will be in the descriptions below. Uh, we'd love to hear about your story as well. You know, it's really cool just to have a network of people knowing you're not alone in this. We're all trying to get through this. We're all trying to freaking figure this out. I think it's part of the joys of going through life. Um, not alone, you know, and further, if you are alone, hey, we're here for you. Tune in every week. Um, we're going to do our best to do, do good by y'all. How about yeah, that?
1: Put a comment, man? Put a comment yeah, if, you, if you're struggling with something. So, you know, we'll, we'll either talk about it on the next episode or we'll answer it right then. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys so much for tuning
0: in. Uh, stay tuned for the next couple episodes. we got some cool stuff. Good, good bangers out there that we're going to be bringing your way with that. Have a great rest of your day, y'all. We'll see you on the next one. Peace. Peace.
1: So that's a wrap. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. I hope you received value from this episode. If so, please share this podcast with your friends so we can help more people just like you. Also, hook up with us on Facebook, IG, and YouTube at Real Talks. That's R-E-I-L Talks. So until next time, keep it cool and keep it real.